Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schellenberger. I'm your host, Jamie, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. Each episode is a mini training where you'll learn how to achieve extraordinary success. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four children, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, Mr. Rob Schellenberger. All right, welcome back to all our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Uh, excited to be with you today, wherever you are, driving in the car, at work, at home. <laughs> uh, what an honor that you would take the time to listen. And I really want to make this worth the few minutes that we have together. And this is going to be a quick hitter. I was just talking with someone, a good friend of mine named Dean. And he said, you know what I love about these podcasts is they're short and sweet. Uh, I can listen to it on the way to work uh, during a 20-minute drive. And he just he really commented that you know I love the power of it in a short amount of time. And he's exactly right. And that's the intent is that you can listen to this and have some quick-hitting ideas that can really impact your life in a short amount of time. Now, this focus is on principle number five, live the golden rule in business and in life. Now, normally, this would be an outward-focused principle, treating others right. I mean, I love what Maya Angelou said. She said, people won't remember what you said or what you did. What they'll remember is how you made them feel. (laughs) And typically, isn't that the truth? Uh, This principle also has to do within the business setting of creating a world-class customer experience, both for the internal and external customer. Well, today's going to be a little different uh, because I've really, over the last month, been focused on people and watching people and observing and trying to learn from them. You know, what, what makes the difference in their life? And someone asked me the question that sparked this curiosity about a month ago, and the question was, how do you give someone desire? Ooh, now that's a doozy of a question. Isn't that like the trillion-dollar question if you could really answer that? And actually, I've been trying to answer that for three years. Uh, That was a book I wanted to write, Desire, and I still want to write that book. Uh, And so I've really been fascinated by that. How do you help someone have desire? And how does that question pertain to this principle? Well, let's turn this principle inward for this particular podcast because what I've found is it's really difficult to be transformational and help lift someone to a better place if we don't see ourselves in a positive light. Uh, And so a lot of this is a reflection of ourselves and how do we view ourselves. And as soon as we turn those tables and flip that switch, where you start to view yourself in a positive light and we start to see ourselves differently, it becomes much easier to then turn around and help others and help them get to a better place. And that really starts with desire. I mean, let me just give you an example here. Uh, I'll only use first names. I just finished an event in St. Louis, met some incredible people, and there's always a handful, one or two or three that just really stand out. I mean, like a light, like a lighthouse. And one of those was Jim. And within maybe 20 to 30 seconds of him talking with me, I knew that he was an incredible person. And since then, he's shared a couple of emails. I mean, this is all in the last couple of weeks here, and he's just on fire. And uh, his comment during the event was, man, I just feel like the rust is falling off here. I'm just feeling this fire starting to come within me that I used to feel that I'd lost along the way. And I'm so excited to watch what's going to happen with Jim here over the upcoming months and year. 
And then there's another person who, Jamie, who's our VP of business development, just talked with, and I'm just going to make up a random name, and her name is Jill. And she's with the company. She heads their HR department. And she was interested in bringing Becoming Your Best in to do some training for their company at some point in the future. Uh, and she has the book. And, and the way she responded to Jamie on this call that he just had a few minutes ago with her was, yeah, I really wanted to get around to this, Jamie, but I've just been so busy I haven't been able to even look at anything. <laughs> and here is the irony. Jamie just asked, have you read the book? She said, no, 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 I haven't, but I'll get to it eventually. And uh, he just commented, hey, you may want to consider chapter four on prioritize your time. There's some great ideas there that really can help you with time management. And her response was just awesome. She said, uh, I am the queen of time management. I don't need it. I've got everything figured out. Uh, when it comes to time management, I'm the best. <laughs> and she just got done telling him how chaotic her life was and how busy she was. And let me contrast that uh, with an email that Jim just sent regarding pre-week planning and the impact that it's having in his life. He said, and this is a quote from his email, I'm amazed at the results from my first day using pre-week planning. I got so many meaningful things done today, and it truly seemed like I did nothing. So productive, but not busy. Ah, that's transformational. Such high leverage activities, I'm going to have to come up with more activities. He said, I couldn't believe all the things I got done, but I truly never felt busy in the process. And this is coming from someone who prides himself in being busy. I now seek to be productive. In other words, there's a total difference in mindset between Jim and this lady who we'll just call Jill on the phone. And so I would ask each of us to look inward at ourselves. And are we more like Jim where we just have this hunger and thirst to better ourselves? Or are we more like Jill where we shut out potential learning and growth for ourselves because we say, I got it all figured out. I don't need that. And we miss some enormous opportunities that could potentially be right in front of us. And so that's the beginning of this podcast is each person listening, first turning the mirror onto themselves and each of us looking in the mirror and asking, where are we at in our receptivity? Are we, are we willing to learn? Do we have a humility about us? And I'm going to assume that if you're listening to the podcast, then the answer is absolutely yes. Now let's go back to what we talked about here and, and turning the mirror inwards and helping someone to include ourselves get that desire. There are two focuses on this podcast that would really have an impact on each one of us. And the first of those, uh, if you have a pen and paper, I'd, I'd even ask you to write this down. So if you're in a place where you can write, go ahead and grab a, a pen and paper. Write down these words, have, do, be. Have, do, be. And this is what, unfortunately, a lot of the world thinks, is first they need to have something, then they can do it, and then they will become that. I mean, I've heard so many people say, yeah, once I get money, then I'll be able to do all these great things and I'm going to become this really generous person. I'm going to give a lot of those resources away once I have it. And they're seeing life exactly backwards. Have, do, be. And I wonder internally how many times I've thought that in different capacities. How many times have you thought this? Where first, once you have it, then you can do it and that will allow you to become that. And it's really, in my experience, exactly opposite. It's be, do, have. And this applies both personally and professionally. You want to be a great manager. You want to be a great mother, father. It doesn't matter. Across the board, it's first we become that. Then once we are that person, it allows us to do. And then we have. <laughs> and that's why so many people wonder, well, why don't I have? Because we're looking at the equation backwards. It should be be first. That allows us to do. And then 
the rewards come. The results start to show up, and that's in the form of the have. Well, how do you be first? And this starts to go back to desire. And here's a few thoughts for you. Uh, There's one called the five-hour rule. And this is a powerful rule. Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, they live by this. And this is investing one hour a day back into yourself. In other words, maybe it's called your power hour, whatever you want to call it. There's different terminologies for it. It's your power hour. It's for you. It's one hour invested back into you. It could be exercise. It could be meditating. This morning I got up and read for 45 minutes from three different books. Just had an incredible amount of ideas about what I could do in my life. And it was just awesome. That was 45 minutes of reading. And then I went over and took about 10 minutes to work on some charts for the stock market, sharpening that skill. So there was an hour invested in myself this morning. What can you do every day to invest an hour back into yourself? That's part of being. It's not having first. It's being so that you can do and then ultimately reap the results and have. If you want to lose weight, well, be first mentally there. Take the time and best so that you can do, and then you're going to have the result you want to have as an example. Well, here's another one. Once you incorporate the five-hour rule, set aside at least 5% of your income to invest back into yourself. So if you're making $100,000, that's at least $5,000. Some of the most successful people we know will take 10 to 15% because think about what your most valuable resource is. It's your mind. And it's those tools and skill sets we put in our mind. So Jill, that hypothetical person, she had all these skill sets in front of her, but not the mindset to actually use them. I'm the queen of time management. I don't need any help in this arena. (laughs) For me, I would never say those words. Uh, That would be a huge internal red flag for me that I've stopped learning. As soon as I've stopped learning, it's time to hang up the hat. It's time to be done. So now this really gets into the question that I asked at the beginning of the podcast, which is how do we get desire, help someone else have desire so that they can be first, do, and then have? And this is a reflection of ourselves first, right? So here are two things that I've found that will help give someone a desire, and it helps in the be so that we can then do and have, and that is to read often. And if you're not actively reading, I invite you to try this. Choose a few books, either around leadership, motivation, whatever it might be, and take 15 minutes a day and start your day reading and just see what that does to your mind. It's going to be like a fire starts growing within you when you have this as a habit. The second way to get desire and to really... Uh, begin this process of be, do, have is to put yourselves in an environment where a seed can grow. And that's what I found to be powerful. We have several coaching clients and others who said, you know, this has totally transformed my life, the 12 principles, becoming your best. I just, there's been this fire. It's been an incredible year, but my spouse doesn't want anything to do with developing a vision or talking about goals. She just doesn't want to do with, you know, she doesn't want anything to do with this or vice versa. He doesn't want anything to do with this. Well, how do you help them have desire? Helping give someone an opportunity to put that seed in the ground and allowing it to grow is one of those things. And so attend seminars where you can. Make it in a fun way. We have the Breakthrough Leadership Conference as an example. Uh, It's actually going to start for us in two days. The next will be in October. People come out to that as a couple. Sometimes they bring their team. And it's an incredible experience because now they're talking about the same things. They they have a similar beginning point. And so that's, that's number one is instead of have, do, be, shift the equation to be, do, have. And being is, first of all, us looking at ourselves, asking what can we do to see ourselves in a more positive light, to invest in ourselves, the five-hour rule, one hour a day for you, 5% of your income back into your own development, getting a personal coach, 
attending a seminar that will allow you to see things differently and think differently. It's sharpening your saw. That's number one. And number two in this equation, to help us see things differently and to help you see yourself in a positive light, is to really watch your words. <laughs> this has become an increasingly big deal in my life as I watch this. And it requires more and more self-restraint on my part not to say something when I see another person really tearing, them own, tearing their own selves down. Sometimes we are our own hardest critic. Now think about this. If someone was to record your thoughts and write them down after an entire day, what would that conversation look like? In other words, how do you talk to yourself? What kind of words go through your mind? What kind of conversation are you having? Is it an upbeat conversation of all the things you can do and what you can accomplish? Or, like 70% of people, are your thoughts trending towards the negative side of all the things you can't do and why you're not good enough? And it's very easy to slip into that mindset of, oh, Johnny can do this. Well, they can do this, but man, I can't do this. Uh, let me give you some, some examples here. And as I give you these examples, think about what would happen if all the words that you said and physically uttered out of your mouth became a reality. How careful would you be about your words if everything you said became a reality? Let me give you an example. I know you've heard people say these kind of things, and maybe we've said them ourselves. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, I could never do that? Well, what have they just done with their words? The person has just sealed their own fate in that area. I could never do that. Well, now I never give a chance for that particular seed to grow. How about this one? I've heard people say this, and this is one that requires self-restraint. I get sick every year this time of year. Well, that almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the word becomes a reality. And what I wish we as human beings understood more, and I'm just beginning to understand this, is how powerful our words are. That when you say something, there is a creative force to your words. And oftentimes those tend to become a reality. In fact, our biochemistry oftentimes will change with our thoughts and words. And that's why it's so important to be careful with your words. I was on my way to a football game last year with my son. He said, Dad, there's no way we can beat this team. Well, where was he already defeated? Right there in the mind. And so we talked about that. And he shifted his words and shifted his thinking on that. Because you got to give a chance for the seed to at least grow, right? Think about this. If your mind was this fertile field, what's going to happen when you plant the seed? Well, it's going to take life. It's going to grow. And there's a great book out there. There's actually two that I would recommend. One is called The Four Agreements. And the other is called The Tongue, A Creative Force. Both great books referencing these ideas about your words and your thoughts becoming a reality. So think of your mind like a, a field. And from that book, The Tongue of Creative Force and The Four Agreements, what happens is we tend to make these internal agreements. And uh, I'll even bring Star Wars into the analogy. Who did the force work well on? When someone was trying to use the force on someone else, who did it work well on? It was usually those of a weak mind. Uh, who did the force not work on? It was someone that had a strong mind and wouldn't allow someone else to act upon them. So either we will act or be acted upon. And, and in the book, The Four Agreements, they, they take this from a different light. And so let's just look at this from this particular light. I like the way they do this as an analogy, as a sample. Treat yourself like a wizard. <laughs> and I don't care if your net worth is worth $200 million and you're the CEO of a large publicly traded company. I don't care if you stay at home and have a few children and, and that is your world. Think of it the same way because it's the same concept. You're a wizard here. When you say something... 
you're casting a spell on someone else when you say something to them. And, and for the fun, we can call this black magic or white magic. <laughs> Either you're sending poison at them in the form of black magic with your words or you're sending white ma- magic, words of encouragement, uplifting words, seeds that will help them grow and develop or poison that will destroy the seeds in their fertile soil of their mind. And more importantly than what we say to others is what we say to ourselves. And that's why I come back to this whole concept of watching your words. Sometimes, without even knowing it, we're planting these seeds that are filled with poison in our own minds. We don't even allow ourselves to be in the first place, be to have. That's why that five-hour rule, 5% of your income to read and attend seminars is so critical. That's what allows us to plant those seeds in our own mind and then have that growth. And I was just sitting around the dinner table earlier in the week talking about this with our children. And I didn't know if they got it or not. And then ironically, this morning, we came back to this idea of how important our words are. And so I used an example of what happens if someone calls you stupid. And then my nine-year-old daughter, Lana, uh, she goes, she jumped right out of this. She's like, Dad, that's someone throwing their black magic at you, and you have to wave it off and replace it with happy thoughts. (laughs) And how powerful of a response is that from a nine-year-old, actually? Uh, and that's exactly what happens. People are going to say things to you uh, where they're going to they're cast their black magic or their spell at you. Now, you have a choice. Do you plant that seed that they gave you in your mind? Or do you wave it off because of your self-worth and the way you see yourself is already so solidified that you don't need someone to tell you you're great? You don't need to tell someone to tell you that you're bad. You have your own self-worth regardless of what other people say to you. So number one, what kind of words are you uttering to other people? And even more importantly, for this podcast, what are the words that you say to yourself on a daily basis, and how do you shift those? Uh, Here's one last example of this, of black magic, white magic, casting a spell, whatever you want to call it, programming someone else's mind. Uh, There's a story of a mother who came home from work. She'd had a long day, and so she has a headache, and you know it's just been one of those kind of days. Well, her daughter, and I think we'll just say around six, seven years old, her daughter was singing. And she was all excited, and she's playing this instrument that she had made, and she's just going to town. Well, because of the long day that her mom had, this just amplified her headache. And so in a moment of, we'll just call it weakness, she lashed out at her daughter and told her, will you quit singing? You have a terrible voice. You can't sing anyway. Now, in that moment of weakness, she casted a spell, or she threw out these words that were poisonous words, and in a young, fertile mind, it planted a seed. Now, how did her daughter respond to this in this hypothetical scenario? Well, now she started to believe her mom. She didn't have a good voice, so she quit singing. Uh, In school, she used to talk to people. She used to be alive and voracious, but now, because of this self-conscious thoughts of being a terrible singer, maybe she's bad at performing in front of people, she started to look inward anymore. She didn't talk to her friends anymore. And this just continued through her years of middle school and high school until as an adult, She considered herself a strong introvert, which has nothing wrong with being an introvert, uh, that she didn't have any musical talents or gifts at all, and so on and so on. Well, where did this all start? It was that seed. It was that, we'll just call it a quote-unquote, a spell from her mother where she cast out those poisonous words. Indeed, her daughter planted the seed, and it grew to become a reality. And so I would just ask you to think about this. What are the words that you say to yourself on a daily basis? Are they uplifting to you? Or are they filled with poison? And we've got to eliminate the poisonous words from our vocabulary. Second, how do you talk to other people? Are you casting out white magic 
words and seeds that would lift people, or are they black magic, something that would tear other people down and hurt them in the process? So this is all tied back to the principle of live the golden rule in business and in life, which normally, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is outward focused. Well, in this podcast, we turn that back onto ourselves and really hopefully had a chance to look in the mirror. What kind of conversations are you having? Are you open to learning and development? Well, (laughs) if you're on the podcast, my guess is the answer to that is yes. We're more like Jim and not necessarily the hypothetical Jill. And so when we have that desire, how do we shift that conversation? And you'll remember number one was making the shift from having first, do and be, to becoming, be, do, have. And the only way to do that is to develop our own mind so that there's a strong self-worth in each one of us. And that puts us in a position where we can really lift others and with our words make a big difference, not only in our own growth and development, but in helping others. It's been my experience, though, that rarely does someone cast out their seeds of white magic, if you, we'll just call it that for today, if they're not in a place to do so, and if they're not in a place where they see themselves in that positive light to be able to do that in the first place. So I hope this podcast has given you some ideas. What I'd hope that you take away from this is that you teach uh, maybe some open coworkers about it. Uh, maybe not. If, if you're not in a work environment like that, then teach your children. Bring it up with your spouse. And then really be cognizant of your words as you go throughout today. And if you find yourself uttering a word that you would not want to become a reality, then replace it with something positive. Shift that word. And watch what happens to your own self-worth as you start to only use light-filled words rather than these poisonous words that can tear yourself down or tear, tear others down. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure being with you. That's the invitation. Let us know how it goes. Email us at support at becomingyourbest.com. We would love to hear your story. And then just something to put on your radar, uh, every April and October is the Breakthrough Leadership Conference where you have two days of content focused exclusively on you and helping you achieve and accomplish your dreams. So take a look at the website, becomingyourbest.com, and pencil out those dates. Invest in yourself and make that time so that we really can have that fertile soil. We try to walk that walk just as much as we talk the talk because we're all the same. We all need that development so that we can be, do, have. All right, well, wishing you a great day. And remember that one person can make a difference. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. Don't forget you can find more great episodes of the podcast at becomingyourbest.com forward slash podcast along with great show notes, a full transcript of the episode, and all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Please share your comments and questions with us. We want to hear from you. The best way you can show your appreciation for our podcast is to leave an honest rating and review on iTunes. Now it's time for you to take action and truly start becoming your best. Remember, good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best.